<laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, Kevin Carey, Sports 1440. Uh, what a... What a great hour we got lined up for our listeners, and what an honor it is to have these guys in the studio. Uh, Sparky Kolchinski, Barry Stafford, and uh, Dwayne Mandruzic, long time, long time equipment managers for the Eskimos and the Oilers. And uh, you guys were just talking about being in the mall here. You haven't been in the mall for a long time, but you guys, well, okay. First of all, Dwayne, you said that you came to the mall because the Oilers were practicing here a lot of the times, and Slats wanted you to play and practice. Yeah, Kenny Lowe called me one night and uh, and said uh, we need you to we need a goalie for tomorrow. I said that, that ain't gonna happen. And he says, Oh no, I already told Slats you're coming. And I said that's not gonna happen. And he says you're pl- you're practicing. Just be. You, we're on at eleven. And I said, Okay, I'll meet you at the arena. And he goes, We're at the mall. And I go, There's no way I'm going out at the mall. So I came out here and I was dressed next to Freddie Brathwaite and I said, Freddie, give me some tips. He says, don't cheat. I go, what? And he says, play the shooter. So the first uh, drill they do is two on none and I come off my post like a couple inches and I see something black go by me and I hear Freddie from the other end of the rink, don't cheat. <laughs> and then they're doing some drills and Freddie's standing at center ice shooting at me and I have, I finally, I'm catching the puck. Like as hard a shot as I'm the guys yeah. I play beer league with. I said, don't do that. You're going to score, you know? <laughs> so, so Barry, you guys came here uh, for practices a lot back in the day. What was that all about? Well, we, we uh, our marketing department made a, a deal with the store that was down here called Champions. <clears throat> and uh, we were a bit of a, the orders were a bit of a draw. Yeah. And uh, quite often we had... Um, different events in the building where we didn't have the ice available and we had different uh, practice rinks around the, the, the town. And so with the new mall being new and uh, with, with the store coming in the mall, it was, mm-hmm. it was a good, uh, good connection for us. So we used to pack all our gear up and the boys would practice in West Edmonton Mall. So Sparky, that wasn't a lot of fun for you guys because that was a lot of work. For just for a practice. Too much work. <laughs> we're, we're leaving our rink and there's a sheet of ice in the Coliseum. And we're thinking, we got a whole day ahead of us. And look at this rink just sitting here. Yeah. I've got several words I'd like to use, but we're on radio, so I won't. <laughs> Do you guys remember the first time you all met each other? I met Barry Stafford way before he was with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lived up in Banff and uh, Glen Sather owned uh, Storm Mountain Lodge. And I used to go up after the season would end and I'd work at Storm Mountain Lodge as the front desk guy and the morning waiter. And uh, Staff's dad, Ted, used to come up. He worked for Parks and uh, his run was to Lake Louise. So He'd stop up and he'd see us and uh, have morning coffee and then uh, and then uh, Barry would start coming up to see his buddy Kirk Fife and uh, that's how I met Staff uh, over forty years ago. Staffy, then you obviously remember that because even like in the late seventies, you were still playing. You were playing hockey. Well, I, I yeah, I was. I grew up in Banff <clears throat> and. Um, so I spent my summers in Banff. I was going to university uh, at the time, playing for the Golden Bears. Yeah. And um, so I, I was very lucky to meet Spark because he was working for Glenn. And, uh, you know, we, we hung up. So we're talking late 70s, mid 70s to late 70s. And uh, also John Blackwell, God rest his soul. He, he's passed away. Mm-hmm. He was a staff member for the Oilers. And um, so, yeah, Sparky and I have been friends for a hell of a long time. And, uh, you know, it was great for me because after I graduated, 
I was very fortunate. In typical Glenn Sather fashion, he kind of threw me into the fire. Started in the in the Wichita wind in 1981, and uh, you know, as soon as I reported at training camp, there was Sparky to help me through. So yeah. I had Sparky and Peter Miller uh, kind of show me the ropes, and um, you know, it was probably not too long after that that I I met Dwayne mm-hmm. because uh, Kenny Lowell and, and Dwayne were good friends, and Sparky knew Dwayne, and you know, Dwayne was a big part of our, our uh, equipment staff because we would always be sharing um, different tricks and techniques on trying to help the players you know with equipment and you know of course Dwayne had 60 70 players we only had our our 23 but uh, whenever yeah. th- there'd be a, a you know an, a unique injury that needed a special equipment uh fixed we would always call Dwayne and the other side of it was to as a goalie and to your to your point yeah. earlier you know Dwayne was like our third goalie so we had we've had a few of those over the years but Dwayne was our last minute phone call we need your help <laughs> so Dwayne you're you're the senior guy here when it comes to you know longevity for the two teams in town. So when you started, it was in the mid seventies, early seventies, nineteen seventy one, seventy one, and then you kind of took over and was it seventy eight? Yeah, seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yeah. So that time, I mean, that that was right before the five in a row. So I mean, you guys were just you were killing it. That team was for you to come in there, man, and then you win five great cups in a row. Well, you know what? It, you could see. Uh, it's funny because I uh, was going to spring camp in 1971, and I hurt my elbow. And uh, I had uh, coaches uh, Dick Wintermute and Clarence Kochman, who Clarence played for the Eskimos. And um, I said, Coach, I want to hang around until I get better. And can I hang around on the team? And he said, Well, we need a trainer. And I said, What's a trainer do? And he says, Well, you put ice bags on a guy if he gets hurt and tape him up, and I'll send you to the Eskimos uh, to their. <laughs> trainer Tom Pond and he'll teach you to, how to tape and do this stuff and and I said I went down to the, the Clark Stadium and met Tom and there was he was teaching me how to tape and the one young kid that they had working there wouldn't pick up the dirty laundry and so they fired him and Tom turned to me and said kid you want to work here yeah. and I said well, I got to ask my mom <laughs> so uh, I went home and asked my mom and she said yeah as long as it doesn't interfere when your school starts and and uh, I would ride the bus from Queenie to Vic Comp and run to Clark Stadium because we practiced in the evening and mm-hmm. do all the stuff and do the laundry and come back. And we'd, um, with these guys, I, as far as Kenny and, and uh, we had Kenny Lowe on our staff yeah. and, and then Kenny moved over to the Oilers. And it really solidified our friendship because we did a lot of work together and and um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I... The, the gear I went to practice with was my old beer hockey stuff and guys would shoot me and like Charlie Heidi would come by and hit you and he'd go are you okay and I'm like buddy I'm fine let's, let's keep practicing next day I had all brand new gear and and it was I've still got it it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool Dwayne Mandruzic Barry Stafford Lyle Sparky Kolchiski in the studio with us at Sports 1440. Guys, thanks for coming in. We've got so many texts. Uh, Rob Skaggs says, for you, Dwayne, uh, gents, please tell Dwayne how much we truly miss him on the field. Rob Skaggs, CFL official, number 46. So Pipes. Pipes. Um, so let's start with you, Spark, and then you guys can just kind of build on. Uh, the fact that when you guys in the 80s and, you know, moving forward that time, Again, the the then Eskimos had five in a row. You guys are just starting to build championship teams and legends. You guys were also associated with so many legends that have played the game in our city, and you still keep that relationship with it. 
can you speak of that, Sparky, just how that, that friendship and those bonds have never, ever ended? Well, they were all legends, and, like, they were big guys, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, you know, Paul Coffey, but to us, they were just the guys. Um, the, they were very good in the room. Uh I remember Gretz had already played a year in the WHA, then the Oilers entered the NHL, and uh, I was working with the Oil Kings at the time, and uh, Mr. Sather asked me if I'd want to work for the Oilers going into the NHL, and I said, that's great. And First day of training camp, uh, of course, everyone's heard of Wayne Gretzky, and Wayne comes in the room, and he sits down, and he goes, hey, I need a pair of 96-inch laces. And I looked at Gretz, and I said... Right over there in that shelf, kid. <laughs> and from there, that's where our friendship grew. Uh, just like Mark Messier, you know, I'd walk by Mark Stall and his shin pads are on the ground, and I'd go, Mark, those things ain't going to on the shelf themselves. <laughs> from there on in, Mark, you know, the guys were really good. They'd look mm-hmm. after their stuff, and, uh, and uh, it was just, I can't explain the feeling it was to. <laughs> Those guys were just like our friends. They weren't Wayne Gretzky. They weren't Mark Messi. They weren't Grant Fear. They were just the boys. Mm-hmm. Barry, do you can? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were so many the same along the same lines as Spark, but I'm sure you have a lot of you know great memories from all those great teams and and how you celebrated as well. Well, I was talking to Mess and Gretz the other day, <clears throat> and they commented on <clears throat> excuse me. How they hated it when people drop names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sparky's right. We grew up together. Yeah. Like we were very fortunate. And and you know what? No disrespect to the way the world is today, but <clears throat> it was a different era back then. Yeah. There was only three trainers on the team, and trainers were considered to be part of the team. We we're all about the same age, and uh, you know, Glenn Sater was awesome that way, and, and and along with Mark and Wayne and Kevin and Paul, they they were very inclusive. And we were considered part of the team, and uh, we're very fortunate. And so, you know, to Sparky's point, you know, even to this day, Paul's kicking around here. We go for lunch with him, or, you know, we don't see Wayne or Mark much. But, um, you know, when the boys come to town, it's uh, it's like just a reunion with your old friends. We're very lucky. Mm-hmm. Dwayne, again, so the, you think of the guys that came through here. I, I mean, the most notable player, I guess, on a North American standpoint, is Warren Moon when he came through here. But there's so many other guys that you still remain close to, guys like Danny Kepley and Tom Wilkinson and all these guys. And then, because, you know, you, you were with the team up until three, four years ago, you still, I mean, guys like Jason Moss and Ricky Ray and all these guys that are just absolute football legends in this city, the first thing that they want to do is say hi to Dwayne. You know, that has to feel special. Well, I, I respected everybody that came into our room. My my um, my thought process was if a guy came into our locker room, and whether he's here for 10 days or 10 years, I wanted him to walk out and say how much he had a good time and how much he appreciated the way we treated him. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that went from Warren Moon to, like you said, to, to guys that never saw the field, you know. And, and um, when uh, Danny Kepley came here um, the first time, uh, Mr. Kimball said to me, uh, Dwayne, I got a guy coming in tonight. I want you to stay late, and and um, he's going to come in. I need him dressed for tomorrow in practice. We're going in in the morning, and we're, we, we need a middle linebacker. And uh, I said, what's his name? He said, Danny Ray Kepley. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, I was uh, 
doing the laundry and Wilkie was the last guy in the locker room and Wilk was looking at film and as always Wilk's pants, he had his brown dress pants and they were way too short and <laughs> and white t-shirt on was spit all over it from the tobacco and he, his hair was all frizzed out because he had a perm and, and um, there's a knock at the door out at Clark Stadium and I answer the door and this guy in a three-piece suit, his hair is perfect and he goes, hi, my name is Danny Kepley and I, I'm like, hi Dan, I'm Dwayne, come on in and Will comes out of the meeting rooms and I introduce him, Danny Ray, this is Tom. Tom Wilkinson. He goes, hi, Tom, do you work with Dwayne? <laughs> and uh, Tom says, no, I'm the starting quarterback. And Cap uh, says, I wanted to walk outside, call my agent, say, get me out of here. You know? And he says, when I found out what a great guy was and a great quarterback. Yeah. You know, so we, I mean, I'm a, like these guys, I was the same age as those guys and people used to say to me, don't you wish that they would lose so you, people would talk about the Eskimos and I said I want us both to win mm -hmm. the more successful both organizations are the more successful we all are and we our guys hung out with their guys and and we uh, we hung out together and and it's been like that ever since I got a funny Danny Ray Kepley story I got to tell you yeah now that Dwayne just reminded me of that well in our minds, Dwayne Mandrusiak was a legend I mean he still is to this day still is I remember as a young guy I would hang out with Dwayne and Danny Ray Kepley was the number one player in the on the Eskimos team and uh, or one of the the best in the league of course. <clears throat> and I he said, "Do you want to meet Danny Danny Kepley?" And I went, "Of course I want to meet Danny Kepley." So I'm I'm talking to Danny Kepley and he was I I think a, a young guy at the time. I mean, forget how old he was, but you know, he said to me, "You know what, Barry?" He said, "My whole life as a young guy growing up, I wanted to be a professional football player. And he said, I'm very fortunate that I had a chance to come to Edmonton. And, you know, there's a lot of notoriety here. And, and you know, I feel fortunate that, that people recognize me. But mm -hmm. you know what the first question that people ask me when, when they know that I played for the Edmonton Eskimos? Do you know Dwayne Mandrusiak? <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Mandrusiak's a legend. Yeah. Yes. All three of you guys are. And there's no doubt about that. Um, you know who I, I texted yesterday, and obviously he was busy, but I wanted to surprise you guys, uh, and he hasn't gone back yet, but I did text Red Batty. Oh, that's and I nice. Thought, I thought maybe he could uh, maybe surprise you guys with a phone call. Uh, if For those of that you don't know, Red Batty is uh, with the Green Bay Packers, and of course they won uh, last night, and uh, I would assume that he'd be in transition traveling and things like that, but... Again, there's another guy that's, he's 50 years, right? He's yeah. 50 years with, you know, because he was in Montreal. He was, the equipment yeah, he was in Montreal with yeah. uh, Kenny Lowe. That's where he got his start. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then uh, Red got the call to go to Houston, but he didn't want to leave the Alouettes, and Kenny Lowe had to shake him and say, wake up. He's going to the NFL, to the Houston Oilers. And uh, so Red went, he hesitated, but he went, and he's had a great career i uh, i text him once a week he texts me yeah. back i always text him every sunday morning red it's here best day of the week game day and he always responds after the game now red is and we we're fortunate Dwayne and barry and i we got to work with red up in uh, las vegas at uh, mm. wayne gretzky's fantasy camp and uh that red, he has energy. I, I, I couldn't follow him around a whole day. He just keeps moving and shaking. Yeah, and yeah. he'd want to walk the strip at night 
and Dwayne and I would grab a nice <laughs> coffee and sit on a bench yeah. and watch La- Las Vegas go by and wait for Red to come back up the strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red was the equipment manager with the Alouettes in 77 when they beat us. Okay, so that, mm-hmm. and, a, and a texter sent uh, that he was at the game. Not a texter, sorry, that was uh, yeah, Alan Poupart. Yeah, that was uh, Alan uh, Poupart yeah. from uh, All Dolphins. And So that was the Staples game? Dwayne? Yeah, Hugh Campbell said that's the well, best he's thing. the one who got the Staple gun, Red, that's what I... Uh, Proudfoot, the uh, <laughs> DB founded. Oh, I so thought Red found it. The stadium was never finished, so... There's all kinds of equipment so around. Just kind of let our listeners know about that, just to, in case they don't know, Dwayne, about what happened. So it's 1977, and it's the Great and, Cup. And it's in the big O, and it uh, the, the um, starts to snow, and in the stadium it, it freezes up as uh, in um, eastern Canada with the humidity and stuff. And they um, woke up in the morning, and the whole stadium was just a sheet of ice. And we started playing on the um, in the um, the game and guys are slipping everywhere and halftime comes up and I can't remember we're not far behind but we're fighting and trying to stay in this thing and they go into their locker room and Proudfoot finds this power like this big stapler and he pounds a couple staples in the bottom of his shoe and they they get uh, traction we have no traction and they beat us like 41 to 6 or something and wow. um, it was the first Great Cup is the only Great Cup I've ever been asked for my credentials as we're walking out in this frozen field and I'm in all Eskimo apparel and carrying two big bags with jackets and the guy says, can I see your pass? <laughs> and I said, do you think I'd put all this crap on just so I could sneak in? I said, no. I, you know, but it's, it's funny because even like the 215 Grey Cup, uh, that was my 18th Grey Cup mm-hmm. that I participated in and I had just 18 games I had played, been part of was more than all the players that on both teams mm-hmm. had played in it. So it was, it was a long run. It's it was quite good the run. accomplishment. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, charity work, stuff in the community, uh, maybe some funny stories uh, that you can you know say off the top of your head if you can. Uh, Barry Stafford, uh, Sparky Kolchiski, Dwayne Mandruzic in studio at Sports 1440. More after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Text coming in at one 833 Kevin, you couldn't find three better guys to have on the show, true professionals in every sense of the word, per- personalities to match. Great job, great show from the farmer. Uh, great to have these boys on. Funny thing, on my run yesterday, I saw Edmontonian and Great Cup champ Emilio Fraeta. Uh, what a gentleman. Any good stories about him, Dwayne? Maybe we'll get to one about Emilio. Uh, great panel of guests uh, People don't realize how important these guys were to the teams. Mike Posh. Uh, this one comes from Shane Carlson. Dwayne, do you remember this name? Shane Carlson says, I played junior hockey with Matt in Beverly. I broke my clavicle. Dwayne rigged me up a sling so I could play the finals. He's the best of the best. Uh, thanks for everyone. Um, Barber in Peace River has one for this one for you, Sparky. Hey, Sparky, remember those nights at Murr's? Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. We'll, maybe we'll get Barber and Peace River to expand a little bit on that. So uh, you guys have been totally, totally entrenched in the community uh, doing things. And I don't know, you, you get that from within and you want to be a part of good. Sparky, I guess let's let's start with you. I mean, the Macaulay Rink is the, the 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 biggest one that comes to mind for you. There are other things, but how did you get involved with the Macaulay Rink and and get 
you know, help out those young kids, I guess. Uh, well, how it all started was uh, late Ted Green, God love him, and Al Hamilton and Father Jim Holland had an outdoor rink kitty corner from the Sacred Heart Church. And one day, Teddy Green was standing on the steps with Father uh, Jim and said, we got to make this rink work. What can we do to make this rink work? And uh, Teddy calls on his buddy, Al Hamilton, and Hammond looks it over, and he calls people up in Northgate Trailer. Drew Shamhorn gets involved, and uh, next thing you know, we have an oil field trailer on site. we got new boards put up, uh, new lighting. Hammy is just, Hammy is a, a fundraising machine. And uh, the people down at Sports Central uh, threw in uh, all the equipment we needed, skates, mm-hmm. sticks, pucks. It, it, and it was just great. And the kids in the community just bought into it. I had some really great regular kids. And... Uh, uh, I had a great time. I was I was there for ten years, but then COVID came along, and uh, <clears throat> my age yeah. came along, and uh, I retired totally. Both Marianne and I yeah. are retired out on the farm now. Uh, but uh, it was through uh, Ted Green's vision mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Al Hamilton's work and Drew Shamahorn's work how all this that rink came about. Dwayne, you uh, even this summer you're doing the golf things with gizmo williams um meals on wheels another one mm-hmm. where did you kind of how did you get involved with everything on the the charity angle and doing all these things that uh, you know help out our city well you know kevin i think that um i'm so blessed to have this opportunity that i've always said that i've, I've got to give back because i've had so much given to me and my family um so we um you know, when the club approached me years ago to run the basketball and the hockey and stuff, we'd play 30 games a year of basketball and 20 of hockey. We'd go all over through the province and, and do things. And um, and it's uh, I wanted to share everything that's been given to me. And so I, um, I'm, I've always met – my parents have been outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. As far as, like, the time frame of me being away and, and my brother's uh, – having to do a bunch of the stuff around the house and my and stuff while I was at work. So I, um, I've, like when Hank Alyssa used to come by and ask for a kicking shoe, and for years I used to tell him to go away. I said, you're, gonna, you're not going to be anything, kid. Go away. Yeah. And um, at 60, 17, when he made our team, Hugh Campbell said, you got to babysit this kid because he's underage. Uh-huh. So we'd go on the road and go to movies and hang around. And I just, I, I've always felt that it's, for everything that's been given to me, this is, I, I have so much more I got to give here. Barry, so uh, Toast of the Town, I guess, is the one that comes to mind with for me because I've been fortunate enough that you've asked me to help out with some things. And no, we couldn't find any other, but anybody <laughs> else to do it. John Sexton's a good friend and, you know, uh, cancer as well. And, and you had cancer a few years back as well. But um, just touch on that. And then you've, the, the initiative that's going on right now currently as well. Well, it's interesting that Dwayne brings up and Sparky the the early days, and and we we were always introduced to to fundraising and charities in the early '80s on the Oilers through Glenn Sather. I mean, he basically told every player, "Go find a charity." Mm-hmm. You know, Glennie Anderson was you know over 40 years now at the Cross Cancer Hospital. Uh, Kevin Lowe was almost the same amount of time with the Christmas Bureau and other other charities. Craig Simpson's been 30. 
Over yep. 30 years with never say never. And, and you know, when you, when you think about that, uh, it's amazing. So, you know, Dwayne and I and Sparky used to cross paths in the early days or with, with Dwayne because uh, if people remember the Carnival of Champions, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it was Eskimo players and Oilers players. And that, that was started through Hugh Campbell and Glenn Sather. But yep. <clears throat> and the wives. Yeah, the wives, yep. of course. And, yep. I, you know, I was introduced uh, to the charitable world really on, on a big scale when I started my job as the uh, lead of the Oilers uh, alumni department. And uh, I was overwhelmed by the, the number of requests that uh, commu- the community gets for, for uh, alumni players, former mm-hmm. players. And it really got my attention. And, uh, you know, I started going full full force into uh, the charity world and <clears throat> because we were, we, we were making a difference. We were really helping a lot of different charities. Um, I came across a good, a good friend of mine, Brian Anstice, oh, many years ago. Uh, we both shared um, uh, cancer called multiple myeloma. And uh, we were both together, you know, this is going back about, I don't know, 2016 or something. And we were, we we're thinking to, to ourselves, how can, how can we help other patients? How can we help people with, with myeloma? So we, we came up with this idea or they came up with this idea that we're going to do a toast mm-hmm. and we can raise some mon- money for the Cross Cancer Hospital. And it, it all started as a co- with a coffee group and we were all having fun. And next thing you know, we do this thing called the Toast of the Town. And uh, last year we honoured, or two years ago, we honoured Kevin Lowe. And uh, this year on uh, April the 20th, the Toast of the Town will be the third. And we're honouring uh, a great Edmontonian, yep. uh, uh, Cal Nichols. <clears throat> All the proceeds for our toast of to the town go directly to uh, Dr. Michael Chu and his uh, his new uh, uh, blood cancer research uh, under CAR T cell therapy. <clears throat> Excuse me, but then <clears throat> thanks for mentioning Kevin. I know you mm-hmm. do an awful lot of work with charities, no, and no. we're always uh, always honored to be part of your your charity. Um, out at the Belvedere yeah, Golf Course. Yeah, you guys have supported the Easter Seals uh, Celebrity yeah. Golf Classic, and Spark, you were out there on the hole last year. And How long have you been doing your trip? Uh, 20 years now. It was 03. It used to be spon- nice work. It used to be the uh, NHLPA, who was the major sponsor, because it was Kelly Buckberger, then it was uh, Rem Murray, and then it was uh, Stevie Steos, and then basically they were all gone, so they kind of, it is where it is. But, you know, it's been... A little over three years since a, a, a dear friend of all your guys and uh, of ours too, Joey Moss, passed away. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, I'm sure you guys think about, about Joey almost every day. Uh, and if you could just share a, a story, a memory, and just how much he meant to all, to all of you to kind of, you know, I mean, he made all of us a better person. So go ahead, Dwayne, if you want to start. Yeah, you know what, it's uh, when uh, Joey first came to work with us, uh, Spark came over to the locker room and said, uh, I'm going to tell you what, this guy's smarter than you think. Yeah. Keep keep your uh, head up on this guy. And uh, so I, I, we were finishing practice, and um, Sparky tells me he'll vacuum the locker room, so I get him a vacuum, and, and he, I tell him, I'm gonna, you go vacuum, I'm going in the back room, I'm going to get stuff done or doing laundry, we'll get things finished here, and... So he's vacuuming, and I hear the vacuum going, and great, this is good, everything's going good. I, this is exactly what I want. I do a bunch of stuff in the back, and I walk out, mm-hmm. and he's sitting in one of the lockers, and my other assistants, Robbie and Rick, are vacuuming, and I go, what the hell's going on? And Robbie says, he says his arm hurts. <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, he hurt his arm. 
So I walk over to him and said, are you okay? And he goes, no. I said, what's wrong? He goes, hurt my arm. I said, you can't vacuum. I said, so you can't have a cold, cold beer, eh? He jumps up, he pushes Robbie out of the way. Me better. And so we finished vacuuming. I sent Robbie and Rick home, and, and Joe and I are the only two in there. And I go back in and doing some stuff and come into the locker room, and he's picking the, the sock lint up with his fingers off the carpet. Oh. And I think, I said, I got to pick up my game here. Yeah. This kid is amazing. And Joe would stay with us through camp and portions of the summer, and he taught my kids inclusion and patience and amazing sense of humor and and um we'd come home after practice and he'd open two beers and pat my wife on the back and give her a kiss and mm-hmm. and um you know it was every day it was groundhog day it was amazing what he's taught us you know sparky yeah you know it, it, it's funny how it, the old two beer trick he says yeah yeah we, we should have we should have a cold beer and he brings over two and he opens one and gives you one so now he's got to have one too. <laughs> it was one of his oldest tricks, but yep. uh, that the first day that Joey came down to us, uh, Wayne had brought him down. Uh, he asked Mister Sather if we could uh, find a spot for Joe in our room, and so Wayne brought him down first day of training camp. And Wayne goes on the ice, and I look, and there's Joe, and I'm going, "What? What am I going to do with this kid?" And then it hit me. We had a towel service. I went in the back room and I unfolded all the towels, every towel we had, pushed them in in the Safeway cart and said, Joe, fold these. I got things to do. Mm-hmm. And the whole morning went by, he folded every towel. He's finished, what's for lunch? So he has lunch. Now the afternoon comes, what am I gonna do with them? In those days, you went two a day. So, same thing, I do the exact same thing. Shift ends, everyone comes off. I'm doing, I go back to check on Joe, what he's doing. Now, all the scouts are in that back dressing room with him. He's sitting down drinking a cold beer, <laughs> and all the scouts folding the towels because they felt sorry for him. And I looked at him and I go, This is going to be a long camp. <laughs> That's a great one. Barry? Oh, man. <clears throat> I used to say Joey Moss is the most famous person in Edmonton that didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, everywhere he went, he was a celebrity. And uh, uh, behind the scenes, Sparky and Dwayne and myself, I mean, he, he was part of the Mandrusiak family before, mm-hmm. before he came to the Oilers and uh, literally stayed with Dwayne during training camp. And Sparky and Marianne looked after Joey for, for the early years that I was working. But uh, as things progressed and... Um, you know, we changed jobs. Joe was a, a long-standing member, of course, and a, and a, and a legend with the Oilers. Um, he's got more awards than uh, m- most of the players, I think. And he got invited to an NHL trainers conference, and he was being recognized and he was being honored as the, uh, I think they call it the fourth, the fourth man mm-hmm. award. And um, so... Sparky, Kenny, and I were invited to go to Florida to this big event, this big gala event, and there's a dinner, and uh, the person running the dinner said, you guys each have five minutes to talk about Joe Moss. Well, there's 300, 400 people in the, yeah. in the audience, and Joey's the honored guest. His family's there. So we're all thinking about, uh, okay, what are we going to say in our five minutes about Joe Moss? And you know me, Kevin, I can make a long story <laughs> longer. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I could not not do it. 
So oh. I, I was racking my brain. Sparky and Kenny were up. They, they give their nice little presentation. But in the morning, I thought of something. Now, we all know that, and the city knows, that Joey Moss loved wrestling. Mm-hmm. He loved wrestling. He loved James Bond. <laughs> um, those were two of, his, of, the, of the things that he loved the most. But one of the things that he really loved the most that people don't really know is that he loved to dance. Mm-hmm. He loved dancing. And uh, one of the last uh, couple of years before Joey left us, my wife and her mom were part of a dance troupe in Tofield, Alberta. Yeah with uh, the lovely Miss Twyla. And Joey became part of the dance group. Yeah. He just loved dancing. So Susan used to take him dancing all the time. And, you know, he never had dance lessons, but for any of us that mm-hmm. saw him, oh, you know, the guy could oh, yeah. dance, man. Yeah. So I remember he was at a recital. He danced with the lovely Miss Twyla, and he was first star. There was about 300 people in Tofield in that area watching Joe Moss and Twyla dance, and Joey <laughs> was the first star he was unbelievable. And I got a film of it. I got a clip of it. I filmed it. And I thought, just before I went on stage to talk about Joey Moss, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't speak to Joe any better than the look on his face yeah. when that crowd was clapping and he was dancing. And just to kind of summarize that whole thing, what Joey Moss brought to all of us in here and, and most of the city was pure joy. Mm-hmm. He just brought, it, it brings a tear to my eye thinking about it, honestly. He was a big part of all of us and our families, and uh, you know we, we truly miss Joe, and he was just a very special human being. And you're right, Kevin, we, it ne- very seldom a day goes by when yeah. we don't yeah. think about Joey Moss. I uh, just want to add one real sure, quick thing. Sure, you bet you do. Um, the special bond between Wayne and Joey. Yeah. The last um, um, fantasy camp we had, Wayne had, a, at the end of the camp, we had a party, and he had the band, and he was talking to the band and said, you guys play La Bamba? And the guy goes, no, we don't play that crap. And he says, no, you do. Yes. You better learn it this do. afternoon or you're not coming in. <laughs> and he goes, what? And he goes, we got a guy who's going to sing it. You better learn it this afternoon. So oh. the band worked on it, and Joe well, went up on stage and sang, and the band got into it, and it was it was awesome. great moment. When the great one talks, yeah. everyone listens. A great moment. Yeah. Um, I want to share this text to the three of you. Uh, just came in. Uh, hi, Kevin. Uh, Red Batty checking in. Received your message. Thank you very much for the offer to come on. Uh, the radio show would be a blast. Unfortunately, I'm busy processing an 18-wheeler truck full of equipment. Uh, we have to unload, do safety checks and all the gear. Uh, but I'm very busy this morning, uh, so <coughs> maybe we can try it in the future. Hope it goes well. Take care, Red. Say hi to the guys. So, Great guys. Just so. getting home from Detroit. Yeah. So... Um, Funny stories. I'm sure you guys have a whack of them. I'm going to see if you can think of a few of them, Barry and Dwayne. The one I'm going to ask you, Sparky, is about, because you're having this coffee now, the old story about how you would slip decaf coffee into the opposition teams. Well, Uh, first of all, I want to say about this coffee, I think the boys at Shawshank Redemption (laughs) are having better coffee than I'm drinking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, back back in the old days, the drive to the capital, there were funny things that happened, like, uh, you know, like, Mike Keenan would take the stand, like, we were up... We were up three to one in the series, and Mike Keenan started taking the cup into the room, uh, into the Philly room, so the players would kind of feed off it and get the the feel of it, and it would motivate them. But uh, the seventh game, for some reason, the Stanley Cup went missing. 
before the game. For mm-hmm. some reason. <laughs> okay. And we got to the point where Bettman and everyone and was looking for the cup, and so Keenan couldn't get it. And Slots, he says, don't worry, don't worry about it. I'll fire you, but I'll hire you again, though. Don't worry. And to, but... We did find the cup, and uh, Keenan didn't get the feet off that. But little things went on like that, like walking by their dressing room and uh, turning the heat up full blast. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, what about cutting the cord in L.A.? <laughs> in the the microphone air. cord to the lady singing the anthem. Tell them about that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was funny in that old Western form. You had to go under the stands to get to the bench. And right under the stands were all these chords, and I I found out which chord was the one to the girl that sang the anthem. And well, Slot says to me, "Do you think you can cut that chord?" I said, "I can cut that chord." He says, "I dare you." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> and just she's I'm under the stands, and they're announcing just say as, as they announce her. I cut the cord, and she starts singing, and no one can hear anything. And our bench was just howling, and Slots had that grin on his yeah, face. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's just, it was just little things that made it fun that you just tried to, you know, get a little jump on them. They, in the end, the game is solved on the ice. Yeah. It's not solved in the dressing room. And those teams that we had... They were going to win those games, whether I turned the heat up or whether I gave them decaf coffee instead of regular coffee. <laughs> you know, it, it it was fun. It was the greatest time of my life being with those guys, mm-hmm. watching them win. And when we lost, the, the boys, they all lost together. And uh, it, uh, it, I'm, I'm very, very, very proud to say that I'm a five-time Stanley Cup champ thanks to those guys. Dwayne, Barry, who wants to go next? I don't know. Open mic. You, anything on your mind that you wanted to kind of... Yeah, you yeah. know what? I'll, uh, I'll kind of uh, second Sparky on that one. You know what? Um, I'm the, I, I've am i always said I'm the luckiest five-foot-five guy in Edmonton, you know? I, I was I was with, with the club for over a 1,000 games, mm-hmm. and, and um, they uh, sent me and my boys to Pebble Beach uh, for a couple rounds there for... Uh, as a as a gift and stuff, which is nice. more than I could have ever imagined. But uh, you know, you do things, and I uh, used to have Spark down come down onto the field with us, and uh, and we were standing there, and we're it's uh, I think about the fourth quarter, and Spark and I are talking, and he says, "Man, I, I want to go home." And then we're I don't know who we're playing, but Henry's standing up next to us, and and um, he's gonna go out on the field for the Third, third down punt, and Sparky goes, hey, hey, Giz, take this into the end zone. I want to go home. And so Giz goes in, and it's down. He's down by our locker room area, and punt goes in, and he gets it, and he takes off, and he goes all the way down for a touchdown, does a flip, and then turns and sprints back to Sparky. He goes, you can go home now. <laughs> Spark goes, I guess I, I, guess I got to go. That's a true story. Oh, you know, awesome. So you look at things, and... and like I'm blessed to be where I am, and and you know we're not promised anything in life, yeah. and and um, did it end the way I wanted it to? No, but mm-hmm. um, there's life after football, and and we're having a gas, and um, I I've got a good job at Elite, and with Drew and the boys, and and um, you know I have a, a memories that'll last a lifetime. Yeah. You know, I, I think every 
Elks or Eskimos fans feels the same way. They would love to have you back in some sort, whatever the capacity is. You could whatever it is, whatever you wanted to do, they would have you back for whatever it is. You know, because that's how much you've meant, Dwayne, to this team. So I mean. I don't know if that could ever happen. I don't know uh, if somehow down the road that, you know, because that's the only, whenever I, and it's the same with you guys. That's the first thing everyone hears. I wish Dwayne could just be back and, you know, for something, to do something, to be recognized, uh, maybe something that can happen down the road. Uh, Barry, have you had a, kind of like a closing sort of remark or a well, story about <clears> something? You and, know, the way I, the way we feel about Dwayne is, is the way we feel about Joe Moss in the mm-hmm. sense that Kenny Lowe, kind of summed it up when they named a school after him. They wrote two books about him. They're going to make a movie about him. He's, he's, he's a legend. And Kenny Lowe says the legend lives on, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll always be on. There's a, there's a legend of, of uh, Dwayne Mandrusiak as well. For all of us yeah. on the inside and most of the, the people in the city know um, that, that that legend is going to live on. And yeah. I, I want to just kind of go back to the charity side of what you guys talked about earlier and that – you know, we, we were all very fortunate to grow up um, at a time when, you know, yes, it was a culture of winning, but it was a culture of winning because of the the quality and the character of the people in the room. And t- to Sparky's mm-hmm. point, you know, these guys were our friends, but it all came down to the families. It came down to the, the character of the people. And it, it, it's like reciprocity. I think uh, the reason that we are the people that we are today, Peter Miller, Sparky, Dwayne, uh, Kenny Lowe, is because of the respect that we got as trainers because we, we did put the team first. And uh, that's what we learned mm-hmm. through osmosis. And that's how, um, that's why we do what we do today because any being a trainer and equipment manager in any pro sports league is a very difficult job. It's not for everybody. Mr. Sather used to say to us, this is not a job. It's a way of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the fact that we were there for our teammates, um, you know, it's kind of rubbed off on all of us. I mean, like Tim McGraw says in his song, Humble and Kind, hey, when you get where you're going, turn back around, man. Help yeah. the next guy in line. And that's what we're doing. That's what all of us are doing. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll just make a quick note here and, and, and explain to you how much help that we received on our charity from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Yep. They've been awesome. And, you know, talk about, you know, um, Hockey Fights Cancer in November is, is, uh, is a big month for the NHL. And the Community Foundation has always been helpful for us. And I remember a few years ago, we used Dave Semenko as mm-hmm. our example. No one fights alone, right? And uh, this year, uh, in on the 24th and 25th of this month, which is coming up on the weekend, I believe it's Anaheim, once again through the Alberta Cancer Foundation and the UCF, they've given us a 50-50 hour toast to the town for Dr. Chu again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I can't say enough about the support of the 50-50 and the foundation and the Alberta Cancer Foundation, the Cure Cancer Foundation, the Cross Cancer Hospital, but it's the fans of the city. Mm-hmm. It's our friends, the fans of the city that buy the tickets that are actually saving people's lives. So, you know, we're fortunate. We grew up in that era, and it's rubbed off on us, and it's the least we can do just to help other people. Well, I, I can't thank you guys for coming in. I can't thank you enough for coming in. I mean, I just, just want to clarify, oh. is it Kevin Curious or Curious? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 the promo, they're, they're, they're just trying to get to me, Spark. They're trying to get to me. 
They can. Yeah. They can. You're invincible. Yeah. Well, buddy. I don't know about that. You are a legend. In no, that line. no, no. I'm with three legends here. Oh no, no, you are a legend. No, no, no. You're a good I've seen you play man. hockey Don't let them tell you different. I'll tell you that. Uh, Kevin Spark, used to come Spark, out and, and Sparky play and Vern Fiddler. Sparky and Vern Fiddler are my two favorite people. No, so no, all three. Of you. I, again, I can't say enough about you. You know, taking the time, driving all all the way out here because you know, sure, it parks in Albert. Money? We're gonna figure something out here. Yeah. I'm gonna figure something out. We're gonna we're gonna have a lunch, and I'm gonna we're gonna figure that out. But I'm so happy you guys came in, and happy to be here. Happy and, to be here. Yeah. I'm more, and I'm so, I'm more proud to call you guys friends because I think we were all friends. Let's and, not get carried away. We <laughs> came here, didn't we? <laughs> oh, Spark, you're one in one in a million. So yeah, thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy the game this afternoon, and. I know, afternoon game is going to cut into my nap. Yes, but we've got alumni hockey on Tuesday, Sparky. Alumni so we'll hockey, see are, you, are you ready? I'm in, yeah. I hope you're in better shape than you were last year. Boy, you were embarrassing. <laughs> I was. Uh, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. It's uh, our pleasure, buddy. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap things up. we got uh, got to get ready for the top of the hour and uh, fantasy frenzy. Uh, we'll uh, wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Well, our, our last three guests are still in the studio doing a little jig to Sonny James. Uh, man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to Dwayne and Barry and Staffy uh, and Sparky for coming in. Uh, tons of texts. We wanted to get to this one uh, from uh, Jerry from Bonton. So Jerry from Bonton here. Just wanted to say, it's good to hear Sparky. I used to deliver fruit trays and bagels from Debaji's. So the Oilers locker room on game days and both Sparky and Joey were awesome. Always so welcoming and friendly. Made me feel like I was part of it all. Um, tons of uh, comments coming in. Uh, love hearing from these legends. My stepdad worked at Air Canada from the late 80s to early 2000s. Said the days these three would come in were his favorite days. Sparky was always generous with time and would always uh, say yes to helping out minor hockey teams with charity items, sign sticks, etc. From the Ulster man. Uh, ooh, I'm trying to get as many we can here. I played football high school with Dwayne's son McKenzie, and he brought us all those Eskimos waistband hand warmers. Wicked guy. Um, uh, a couple other ones just don't have names to them. So, anyways, uh, uh, people have uh, da 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 da. People, uh, you know what? I I can't get to them all. So, uh, anyway, uh, top of the hour is a fantasy frenzy with. Former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. Uh, I want to thank all our guests today. Uh, Eddie Steele, Declan Kruger. Thanks, Declan, for coming on at 720. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know what uh, fast, uh, or what Freddie's getting for his uh, Christmas present alarm clock, I guess, eh? Did he respond at all? He, he did finally get back to me, and he feels very badly. Uh, it, was, it was a matter of, yeah, just the uh, the alarm's not quite doing the trick for him early this morning. Like I said, that's an early start for uh, for Declan. He's uh, he's more of a, a noon to two kind of guy, right, with uh, with tides. So uh, he feels oh bad. Um, he, he sent his deepest apologies, and I said, yeah, you won't get out of it that easily. Kevin will be there. There's a fine. Yeah. There's a fine, Declan. Uh, Mark Spector, Alexa Landestoy, uh, Alan Poupart from All Dolphins, and then a very special thank you to our three wonderful guests that we had in studio. Sparky Kolchiski, Barry Stafford, and Dwayne Mandruziak, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. And just to make sure to mention Mr. Reuter, uh, 
They, uh, Mr. Reuter is again our headliner of the day. Brought to you by Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. Uh, go to Mr. Reuter. Uh, for all your plumbing needs at mrreuter.ca. Forgot about that last liner at the end of that interview. So uh, thanks to Mr. Reuter for our three headliners. Uh, thanks to all our listeners. Our texts have been amazing today, especially in the last hour. This one comes from Mark. Hey, Kevin, the impact these three had in sports and the community is legendary. That comes from Mark. Don't have to say anything more than that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening this morning. We're back bright and early on 7 with Lori Ann Munzer as our co-host. Uh, have a great weekend as far as the situation goes for the Oilers. Hopefully a win today in Washington, the nation's capital in the United States. Coming up next is uh, Fantasy Frenzy with uh, the Duke and Connor. Before that, here is uh, the Duke with the Sports 1440 update. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.